Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. the word oh I know I am if you are ready and excited let's welcome our one and only Reverend Gilbert Father in the name of Jesus thank you so much for your goodness and kindness toward us for not blotting us away from your presence but through the blood of Jesus we are accepted in the beloved Thank you for giving us a chance to hear your holy precious words, even the words of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord for giving us a chance to be here. Amen. I was listening to a radio commercial. And I forget what they were selling. I think it's a, um, old people's residences. And the proprietor was trying to advertise that his own father lives in one of the properties that he manages. Amen. If he can put his father there, it must be a good place for you to put your elder there. Amen. But he said something about his father. He said his father was uh, on one of those ships, something something in Indianapolis, that was bombed by the Japanese. I believe during the Second World War. His father is 93. And he mentioned that there were about 1,200 people on the ship, but only 300 survived. Amen. But he said there is not a single day that his father does not make this statement that breathing is a gift. Hallelujah. Because of the experience he passed through and how so many of his colleagues died. He realized that every day you are alive, breathing is a gift. And I pray he keeps on breathing till the Lord comes. He's not the train now. But we take this thing for granted. Amen. So you're all welcome. We will start a new series on the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. Amen. How many enjoyed the last series? The things that we should avoid taking us from our focus. Distractions we should avoid. But um, the, in the bishop's book, The Words of Jesus, is one of my favorite books to preach from. I believe I preached on it here before. I am going to give introductory comments from the chapter 1. Bishop says, It is enough to place the words of Jesus above all human words. We only need to know for certain what Jesus believed in in order to believe the same. Today, the words of Jesus are separated from the rest of scripture by red ink. Formerly, 
the beautiful words of Christ were indiscriminately mingled with the rest of scripture. Modern Bibles assign the deserved honor to these timeless words. They are placed in a class of their own. A class without equal. Hallelujah. Okay, Bishop continued to say, At the Reformation, men focused on the work of Christ on Calvary. As you can tell, we are in Holy Week. Amen. And Calvary is the foundation. It says, In later years, the person of Christ was the focus of attention. And then afterwards, the details of his earthly life from the manger to the cross became the focus of intense study. However, I believe that the hour has come when his words will be the focus of attention. Hallelujah. A study of the earthly life of Christ and the works of Christ are different from a study of the words of Christ. The church today has in them more of the Pauline epistles than the gospels. As the end approaches, his words will take preeminence in the church. St. Paul must be read in the light of Christ rather than Christ in the light of St. Paul. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you understand that. He's trying to make a point that Paul is somebody Christ appointed. And many Christian churches, you know, of course, all scripture is scripture. But if you are looking at words, that should carry great weight. We cannot just read the epistles and forget about what Jesus said. Hallelujah. In fact, to understand what Paul was saying, you need to go back to read what Jesus said. That is what Bishop Dag is saying here. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, let's turn to uh, a few scriptures that I would I would talk about. Um, John chapter one. We're going to read John chapter one, verse one to three, and then we are also going to read First John chapter one, verse one to five. Hallelujah. Okay. If you have a microphone, can you read it for, for us? Yeah, I mean, just even though they are projecting it, I want somebody to also read along with me. See, the reason why, do you know that in the ancient Jewish, um, I don't know whether they still do it, but among the Jews, the scriptures that we are used to reading silently, it was not their practice. They often read it aloud. Hallelujah. Amen. And the reading of the scriptures aloud help form who we are to become. And not hearing those words has really cost us. Hallelujah. So, Gospel of John, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was what? With God. Okay. Without him, he was in the beginning with God. Alright. All things were made through him. Now, is it verse 14? That talks about the word became flesh. Okay. So project that for us. So we are looking at the words of Jesus. Jesus is the man that came about as a result of the 
of God becoming a flesh. He, he was called Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when we speak of Jesus, we are speaking of the eternal word of God appearing in the in human form. Is that not so? Okay. Now, look at, read it for at verse 14. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. So the word becoming flesh. So, so we understand a word as an utterance from somebody's mouth. Is that not so? And that it carries with it a sound, right? Words have, with, uh, have a sound when they are vocalized. So Jesus, in essence, is the expression or the communication of the Father. Do you get it? He's the word of God. He's the, he's the, if you want to know what the father is thinking or the nature of the father, you have to listen to him. When you want to know somebody, listen to their words. Hallelujah. And so Jesus in eternity was what? The word of God. And then a time came that God wanted to intervene in the affairs of man and he transformed the word into a human being. So the word became flesh. Hallelujah. And now, let's fast forward to John chapter 6, verse 63. Because now that the word has become flesh, what is the word going to do? The word has become flesh. What is it going to do? It is going to dwell among us and speak. Hallelujah. Before he went to the cross, the main thing he was doing was what? He was speaking. It is the speaking that he used to do all. The speaking accomplished what? Preaching, accomplished teaching, and accomplished healings. Amen. Okay, so John chapter 6 and verse 63. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. Amen. So now, the word was with God and the word was God. And the word has become flesh, a human being. And now that word, when it is spoken... It's not just words, but it's spirit. Amen. Amen. So see, the point I'm making is that there are many people speaking, but only Jesus was able to say that when I speak, my words are spirit. And not just spirit, my words carry life. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and you see, there's a verse in the book of Jude, in the epistle of Jude, and uh, you know Jude is just only one chapter. I forget the verse, but maybe if I can tell you, maybe you can search for it. It says that we should contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Can you find it? We should contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. It's in the book of Jude, the epistle of Jude. Many believe that Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. We will find out when we get to heaven, but... Um, one thing we know for sure, his brother of James, the James who wrote the epistle of James. Okay, is somebody looking for it? Okay. Did you find it? Okay, internet issues. <laughs> Maybe I should also look for it. Jude 1.3. Can you project Jude verse 3 for us? He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. Amen. It says, I gave all diligence. You see, when you are reading the Bible, please, don't be in a hurry. 
take time to think about the words that are being used keeping in mind that this was originally written in the greek new testament is believed to have been written in the greek and it has been it has undergone translations hallelujah and the and, and the people people have died john wycliffe was killed because he tried to translate the bible into english amen people have died for try, trying to choose what word will convey this greek word hallelujah he said that even a letter that he's writing he gave it with great diligence he didn't just flippantly write a letter hallelujah and then he says what am i writing about am i writing about some common things that most people are interested in i'm writing about what our common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should do what earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints i think that's where we are going to on, on that passage jude is saying that the, his hearers must earnestly why do you have to earnestly contend for something what does the word contend mean by the way to fight for it that's why how we came the english expression the bone of contention do you get it It, it's like a a bone that two dogs are fighting over (laughs) amen so contend for the faith means fight for the faith now something right now i'm holding my phone i mean if somebody tells me i should fight for the phone what, what, what will come to your mind somebody's about to get it or the person who told me that is nuts because i mean why should i fight for something I, i'm holding but maybe the person knows there's something about to break out so watch out Be, get ready to fight for your phone so if apostle jude is saying that look i have wrote with you diligently i took my time with great effort to write about the common salvation and then i'm telling you also that it says to exhort you that you should earnestly earnestly with great effort and 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 zeal contend for the faith not just any faith hallelujah every statement that is loaded he is qualifying he's qualifying the 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 the, the, the west contend for the faith which faith the faith which was once delivered unto the saints hallelujah and he says the faith which was delivered unto the saints not 100 times not 200 times it was delivered what once why is that important because he knew that over the years people will try and twist and change the faith people will try and change the words of jesus people will try and and say jesus spoke about money more than anything else amen people whose mind is only about how to enrich ourselves they will twist the scriptures they will twist the gospels and they will say jesus emphasized money the main thing jesus spoke about was money he said that we should fight and contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints hallelujah now jesus was in heaven he came to earth and when he's speaking he's not only imparting life he's also giving us the heavenly perspective hallelujah he's giving us the perspective of heaven like if you are here and you travel to somewhere in the motherland and you are telling people the picture of how life is in america they have to believe you amen i mean because 
You see, if all you know of America is based on movies you have seen, you will think is the life is like everybody is rich. Do you get it? You see, when I first day I arrived in America, I think I've said it before, but allow me to say it again. By the way, is it being recorded? Because as I'm speaking, I believe I'm not speaking to you alone. Amen. I'm speaking to thousands. Amen. 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 I claim thousand listeners. Amen. 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 Uh, but Rasmus, uh, have you been loading the messages on there? Including last Tuesday's messages. It's already up there. Not last week. Oh. But it's seven days. It shouldn't take seven days to load it. My friend, you have to be very, very careful. No, 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 I'm serious. What we are dealing with, we are dealing with God's eternal words. Amen. Don't joke with it at all. Amen. All right. Where, where were we before I started warning Rasmus? <laughs> when I first came to America, when I landed, I think I landed at JFK. Do you get it? And I was supposed to go to Texas. And my connecting flight, which was American Airlines, was supposed to be from LaGuardia Airport. Do you get it? But I didn't know how to say LaGuardia Airport. I was asking for how to get it. And I said, I need to get to Guadalia Airport. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> I said, what is Guadalia? And you see how people, sometimes people, you know how when you are doing, you are typing a word into a word. And you are making an error. It can suggest to you, oh, this is probably what you meant. But these people were not good word editors. I said, God, they made me struggle a bit. And then finally, somebody finally said, oh, you meant, you meant to say LaGuardia. I said, okay, LaGuardia. So, they walked me to a bus from JFK. A bus was to transport, transport me from JFK to LaGuardia. See, I almost said Guadalia again. <laughs> and so, on the bus, there was a man with his son, maybe eight year old or ten year old. And you know, if you know the place between JFK and, and LaGuardia, the bus was passing through places, passing through, and some of the places the bus was passing were not nice at all. Were not nice at all. And so his son asked the, the boy asked his father, Daddy, are you sure we are in America yet? Because he had gone to Ghana. He lives here. He had gone to Ghana to bring his son here. He said, are you sure this is America? He said, this is America. This, and he said, this is the, these are some of the dirty parts of America. But there are nice parts too. Amen. So I always remember that the image that people may have of a place may be far removed from the actual image. So, so, so people, have, people have a vision and a view of life and a view of heaven and how life should be led how we should live our lives which is far from the reality but jesus christ who has tasted both heaven and earth when he speaks he is giving us the true perspective that we better pay attention and jude is saying look there is there is going to be corruptors there is going to be people who will come and and change the words hallelujah and, and, and put words in jesus's mouth and, and and turn people away from the true faith. He said that you better not follow these people. You should contend and stand for the faith. Hallelujah. And I'm happy to tell you that God has blessed us that in this UD, in this churches originating from Lighthouse, that God blessed Bishop Dark to start, that we are being taught the pure word. We are being taught a, 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 a message that has not deviated from the original 
message one delivered to the saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You go back to church history. I'm a, a student of church history. And, and from time to time, I, I try to read, you know, the Cappadocian doctors, uh, fathers, the desert fathers, the, the, you know, the people that lived right after. You know, John was the last one to die. Do you get it? I go back and read, and, 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 and I see that Bishop Doug, what he's saying is exactly what these people are saying. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so recently, I was, um, I don't know whether you know about the Celtic Christians. So, one of the Celtic Christians is Patrick, St. Patrick. Did I talk to him about you about him last week? Or maybe somewhere else? So, you know, one, it is St. Patrick's uh, Day, and people are celebrating, and they drink green beer and things like that. That's not the original true Patrick. He was not into beer, or he was not into all the things people are into. Hallelujah. When you go back into church history and you read about his life, okay, here is someone, he, he was, at, by the way, he was not even an Irishman, he was an Englishman. He was living in England with his parents. And I found out that, by the way, that Christianity had advanced all the way to England, you know, by 380 AD, it was already there. But he was not a serious Christian. His father was a deacon. His grandfather was uh, a priest. His mother was a niece of St. Martin de Tours. Amen. Now, Martin de Tours was a Frenchman who, after the... Do you like church history at all? Because, you see, it helps put things into perspective. And it makes you see that, look, we are not lunatics. Okay? It is rather the world which are lunatics. Amen. Amen. And so, St. Martin de Tours... Uh, is one of who we call the desert fathers. I mean, he, after the, um, Constantine declared that Christianity is now the state religion. Okay. Because first, there was a lot of persecution of Christians. Persecution, persecution, persecution. And then when Constantine came to the throne, one day he saw a sign of the cross and he was told that in this war that you are about to attend, if you, if you believe in this sign, you will win the war. And so he, he believed in the sign and he, he made a vow in his heart that if he wins the war as a result of the sign of the cross, then he will convert to Christianity. So he became a Christian because he won the war and he believed it is the cross that helped him win. By the way, he refused to be baptized until he's getting ready to die because he was scared that if he gets baptized, he's going to sin again and <laughs> he might die. So he's okay, postpone my baptism so that when I'm baptized, not long after that, when I die, I know I'm clean. Amen. That's not a good practice that we are recommending. <laughs> but I'm just giving you a history, an account of history. Amen. So, uh, Emperor Constantine, he helped the church in the sense of pr promoting buildings, voting money from state coffers. Amen. Amen. Because now he himself is a Christian, and he made the church the state religion. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, all the persecution stopped, but the pagan practices somehow, some of them kind of got his eye into the church. But let's not talk about that for now. So, there were a group of Christians and priests who felt that now that the church is being favored by the state, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints is being corrupted. 
So many of them left the cities and they fled into the deserts. And they built places to more. That is the beginning of monasticism, like monastery. That is how people started gathering. That they, they removed themselves so that they can pray, so that they can practice their Christianity. Because they found that this amnesty or freedom of religion has now diluted the faith. Hallelujah. And Martin of Tours is one of the people. Okay. Now, Martin of Tours, his niece was Patrick's mother. and So, I, I give all this background to tell you that Patrick grew up in a an environment that should have helped him flourish as a believer. Because if your fa- grandfather was a priest, and your father is a deacon, and your mom is niece of uh, Martin the Tours, there is no excuse for not really living up to the Christian faith. Hallelujah. Now, what am I saying this? We in Lighthouse, we, have, we are so blessed with so much of the original tenets of Christianity that we will, our judgment is not going to be easy. And my duty is to warn us. And I'm, I'm warning, as we were doing the praise and worship, my, my, my eyes were teary. My eyes were teary because I feel, that, I feel that we are not paying attention to the words that have been given to us. Amen. So Patrick, when he was 16, he, in those days, you had the Irish, you know, the Irish people, the, 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 there were some raiders, Irish raiders, who used to come to England and, and kidnap people. So these were tax and rough guys. So one day, uh, Patrick was just, I think, wandering around. He was 16 at that time. These guys, people from Ireland, came to kidnap him. And forcibly took him and sold him into slavery back in ireland they took him to ireland and one of the people that uh, got him one of them paid the rest off and then he this now he owns patrick and patrick was made into a shepherd boy and he was taking care of sheep hallelujah it was during that time that he was now a slave boy in ireland uh, tending somebody's sheep that he began to meditate on the words that he used to hear in church. Amen. Like you are hearing these words in church today. He, he used to meditate on it. And, and begin to reminisce the, the, the scriptures he had heard. That he had not paid attention to. Hallelujah. And, 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 began, to, and, and, and began to give his heart gradually to God. Like, like, like um, um, David when he was taking care of sheep. A lot of the Psalms he wrote it. So he had, because at that time he had a lot of time on his hands and a lot of time to reflect and the only companion he has are the animals so he began to think amen and 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 there's an account of his he, he wrote his own account in the book of the confession of patrick which i'm going to quote from okay i'm going to quote something from it yes okay so he's now many years later he's writing okay he said that many thousands of persons were were taken captive as we deserved now i'm quoting him as we deserved listen to this because we had turned away from god and had not kept his commandments and were disobedient to our priests who admonished us of our salvation and the lord brought on us the anger of his fury are you there this is patrick talking about how he understood what happened to him. Amen. The Lord brought on us the anger of his fury and scattered us among many nations, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. 
where now obscurity seems to be my lot amongst a foreign people he says that what he's saying is that when we are disobedient to our priest when we do not keep the lord's commandments when when we do not listen to the words that we hear what happens to that is that we wither he said we, we, we enter into obscurity amen he said obscurity seems to be my lot among a foreign people and there the lord brought me to a sense of my own belief that i might even at a late season call my sins to remembrance and turn with all my heart to the lord my god who regarded my low estate and taking pity on my youth and ignorance guided me before i understood anything or had learned to distinguish between good and evil and strengthened and comforted me as a father does his son wherefore i cannot and indeed i ought not to be silent respecting the many blessings and the large measure of grace which the lord vastives to bestow on me in the land of my captivity for this is the only recompense which is in our power that after being chastened we should be raised up to the acknowledging of the lord and should confess his wonders before every nation under heaven unquote it's, it's long but i'm just ending here so here is somebody who understands his salvation understand where he has come from and by the way whilst he was uh, still a slave boy okay i believe it was six years he was in that place and then as he was growing and talking to god one day he had a like a, either a dream or a vision and it says that it's time to go back home your ship is waiting for you so he got up he didn't know where he was going as he was going he was praying because he doesn't know where he's going that the lord should lead him to the ship and true and true he wondered and whether he found a ship that was going to england when he got there they asked him do you have the fare do you have the pay, pay to, are you able to pay he said no i'm not they said we, we can't take you i mean we are not into business to do to, to take people with no money so, but I mean, the Lord has led him here. So, so the people turned, and as he was, they, they said they wouldn't take him. When he was going this way, right at the beach, where the, I mean, he, he knelt down and he prayed. Well, within less than 10 seconds, the people said, okay, come, come, come. So, so they changed their mind. His prayer worked immediately. You need prayers that work immediately. So, he, he, so he turned around. They called him that he can come. But they said, you know, you know that for you, to join us we have a, this greeting and this greeting was a pagan greeting with some words that a christian shouldn't say they said well that's one condition if you can't pay at least you can give this greeting you know he said i'm sorry i can't my faith my faith does not allow me to you see i'm talking about being faithful to what has been committed to us where nobody is watching hallelujah but when he said that it's okay it's all right just come along they still took him and the mom they all thought he was dead six years after he had been kidnapped he arrived in england and then he told i mean he continued to grow in god and then told the parents one day he had a vision that um somebody from ireland was holding a parchment and was telling him that he should come back to ireland and help them amen so he told his mom that he needs to go back the people that had kidnapped him he wants to go back and evangelize them hallelujah obviously you know the parents were not happy but they understood that this is the call of god keep in mind that his father was a, a, a preacher his grandfather was also a preacher so he uh, he now went to study he took some time 
studied and then went back and the legacy of what he did it, it did so many things and even affected western civilization but i don't want to keep going into that but i mentioned his story to tell you that when you read those writings when you read the passion and the zeal it is like you are talking to bishop Ducky Ward mills hallelujah and so when we speak of the the words of jesus okay what are the groupings of the words of jesus the the words of jesus give me one class of things jesus said because jesus words are so many types of things he said give me one i'm the bread of life so those were those are you could call it enigmatic statements the statement that he would just say i'm the bread of life and then another place he said look unless you eat my what my 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 flesh and you drink my blood you are not part of me those are part of his words hallelujah not all his words were pleasant to the hearing and so if today we are in church we are in the modern 21st century christian church and we only want to hear nice words words that will tickle our ears that is not the church of christ because the original bishop Doug mentioned that jesus christ is the best teacher of his own religion hallelujah and so and so so don't be don't be too and we preachers sometimes we are at fault we allow the people to force us to preach what they want to hear amen somebody was inviting uh, uh, his friend her friend to church not in this church another branch and and he said look i'm glad that you have finally agreed to come but let's wait for some time because that now the pastor is preaching on titan <laughs> so 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 let's wait till the series is over because i'm not too sure i mean this, this is not the best time to invite you to come why i mean if it is the word of god why are we trying to censor the word did we not hear bishop that give the the testimony of i think england or somewhere where somebody was invited to church and they were and they were teaching on titan but they got born again amen but you see in our mind we think that people need to come and hear something exciting something juicy because we have watered down the gospel hallelujah Amen. so B bishop lists these things about the words of jesus he said there are brief commands that jesus pronounced and some of those brief commands he pronounced healing on numerous sick bodies and leave the reader in awe of the savior and then he talks about the sentences of jesus from the sermon on the mount that's another group of his sayings then you have the parables of, we are talking about different segments of the words of jesus we have the parables of jesus they have never failed to charm their readers hallelujah and then we have the farewell discourses farewell discourse that when jesus was leaving amen uh, in the gospel of john john chapter 14 15 16 17 those are the farewell discourses like because it was in chapter 18 that he was arrested is that not so his last prayer uh it was it is believed that he made that prayer because he said that you know after the last supper by the way john didn't record the last supper but it is implied the other three gospels recorded but john didn't record the actual setting but it's implied because you know that they left somebody's house and then they went through the kidron valley amen the kidron valley by the way is between the um the city of jerusalem then before you go to the mount of olives there's a little valley because the mount of olives is a right it rises above the city do you get it the kidron valley is the same place that uh, david david 1000 years before david had to run through that place to run away from absalom his son 
And now Jesus, as he's getting ready to be killed, he passed through the same Kidron Valley. And as they were going up, he's speaking. He's speaking. And it is believed that is when he prayed his high priestly prayer of John 17. Hallelujah. And then John 18 is where they came, the band of uh, uh, people came to arrest him. And so the, the fair word discourses are very important. Hallelujah. We are looking at one way you study the Bible is that you look at the classes of what you are going to find. When you look at the whole Bible, we have poetic books, we have historical books, we have didactic books that tend to teach. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? And so Jesus' words are also being we are we are being told that these are groups of sayings. Okay, some were parables in which he brought the mystery of God's kingdom. The sad aspect is that we have not spent time to dissect. We don't have spent, we just water it down, we just gloss over it. When Jesus said that the parable of the sower is if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you can't understand any other parable. The problem we have is that we are in a hurry. Amen. Today I was driving, and then and then and then and then I, something came to mind. I was thinking about the parable, parable of the sower. And and then and then it dawned on me that you know Jesus said that the, the, the sower sows the word. Okay, and then immediately it connected to Genesis, where after the after the flood, you know, God spoke to Noah and said that you know, as long as the earth what remains, seed time and what harvest will, will continue, and so and so it means that life is about a continuous cycle of sowing and reaping. Hallelujah! And so, what what are we so, so you need to ask yourself, what have I sown today? <laughs> what have I sown today? Is it a good thing you have sown today that I'm, I'm expecting a harvest? Amen. And so you see that the parables of Jesus and the farewell discourses. The farewell discourses, there's another group in the Gospel of Matthew. When you get to Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. Matthew 24 is when he talks about what is going to happen at the end of the age. Matthew 23 is where he spoke. It is in Matthew 23 that he uses harshest words against the Pharisees. He said, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed sepulchres. Amen. Matthew 24, he talk, he talk about the end of the age and what is what are the signs. Matthew 25, as if he has finished speaking. And then all of a sudden, he remembers two things to tell them. One of which was the parable of the ten virgins. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is that we have not paid much attention to his words. If we have, our behavior, our behavior will be different. And I think what comes is that. It's not that we have not paid. It's that we have not thought about it deeply. Amen. We have not thought about it deeply. If we want to, if you want to be relevant, if you want to be relevant about what God is doing, and if you want to be relevant about what God has called our Father to do, we better pay attention to the words of Jesus. Hallelujah. And God is calling us to consecrate ourselves. Let us not. Let us not wait to, to what happened to some people. Because sometimes God allows some things to happen in order to fulfill his purpose. But not everything that happens is caused by God. Hallelujah. Amen. So for instance, the, the early church, they were told to evangelize where? From Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and where? Atabos parts of the world. But where did they go? They remained in Jerusalem the church grew. On the first day, 3,000 got born again. And then the day, the day that they 
the man who was lame at the entrance of the temple was was healed five thousand got born again and the church was growing in jerusalem they were enjoying the fellowship and so they have and so they didn't go amen they forgot about his words i'm talking about the words of jesus the words of the god man they forgot about his words and therefore god said you know what i am going to allow a scattering and it is the scattering that spread the gospel to Iconium and to Antioch and Damascus and all those places. It, it, what I'm saying is that the persecution was not God causing it. But God is so strong and so powerful that he can use even an unfortunate thing to fulfill his purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is that like you, you are my friend. Look, we know the inside story of how God has been using bad things to fulfill purpose. But let us be smart. Let us not say, Lord, let some bad thing happen so that you can, you can use it. It's not a wise thing. Rather, let's pay attention to the warnings that Christ is giving. Let's pay attention to the things, and especially when Bishop Doug is speaking, I can tell you, I can tell you that the man, there's a direct line between him and Jesus. I, I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. Hallelujah. Because somewhere along the line, message of the churches got corrupted so if you find someone who has remained pure to the true original word because did you know did you know the the churches that patrick started do you get it one day i'll tell you about columba so later on columba moved to scotland and i'll tell you how he went to scotland and they continued spreading the true original christianity and then and then somewhere along the line there was a king in england who got converted do you get it but his wife, who was also a Christian, subscribed to another version of Christianity. And the pressure from the wife made him have, because, because part of the kingdom is doing, following this, part is following this, and pressure from the wife had, he, he had to switch and then he followed, you know, what the wife was, was practicing. And, and that is one reason why, you know, Easter, Good Friday is as at least in England and the other parts that didn't used to practice that way. Good Friday, it used to be consistent with the Jewish Passover. Like when the Jews are celebrating Passover, that is how, you know, one is Good Friday, it's also Passover. It was related. But now you can have our Passover and then, um, you know, we can, we can have our Good Friday and the Passover is two weeks later or earlier. Because the wife was subscribing to another group which decided to change it and fix their own date amen are you listening to me and they rem categorically removed every trace of judaism and and, and 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 gradually the jewish rather became like some of these things actually sowed the seeds for the holocaust you may not know amen be all because of love <laughs> are you listening to me God has placed us in a good place. Let's pay attention to what we are being told and let us do it. Remember Patrick, he said that we have been disobedient to God and what? To our priest. May we not be disobedient to the priest God has given us. Put your hands together unto the Lord and stand up to your feet. Father, help us. Let your grace come upon us and touch us. Receive our lives as an offering. 
and receive the offering we bring to you may you bless it may you sanctify it may you use it for your purpose in the name of jesus amen